Okay. We'll be ready to begin this week's Parsha, Parsha's Balotka. At the beginning of the Parsha, we're going to discuss a very uh, esoteric topic this uh, this evening. However, I think that we all are, it is something that we all understand and something that we all know and some of the concepts that we all share and uh, is intuitive to us being in the position that we are in. So therefore, it won't be difficult to understand. So it says in uh, this week's Parsha, Parsha's Baloscha, Torah says, Vaidaber Hashem Moshe Leimor. Hashem spoke to, to Moshe saying, Daber Aaron, you should speak to Aaron, Vamarta Elav, and say to him, Vahaloscha Esaneros, when you will make the candles rise. So this was the instruction that when you make the candles rise, what should you do? that the that the seven candles have to light and face the middle of the menorah. So the menorah that we're talking about here, the menorah that we're talking about here is the menorah in the Beis Hamikdash. We know that in the Kodesh, in the Beis Hamikdash, there was a menorah, there was a candelabra. Right? It was a big, nice Gishmaka menorah with lots of lots of, uh, lots of candles. And in this week's Pasha, the Torah instructs Aaron as to how it should be lit. However, there's a, there is an interesting language that the Torah uses, fascinating language the Torah uses, and it says, when you will make the candles go up. That's what it says, when you will make the candles go up. So Rashi is bothered by, what does it mean, you'll make the candles go up? So Rashi says, Ashim shalahav ole. Is because if you take a look at a candle, when you light a candle, you'll see that when you light the wick, so the flame that's attached to the candle goes up. Right? The flame goes up. So therefore, Aaron is instructed to light the candle until the flame goes up by itself from the wick. That's why the Torah says, You should make the candles go up because that is the nature of fire. That's the nature of the... Uh, the biology, the physics, the science of fire. Oh, uh, very good, uh, Bela. Very good. This is. It's too early for the shechina. Too early for the shechina. So, so, the uh, it, it makes the, the the flame go up. Second explanation, Rashi says that the oydash rabbi saying to mekan shemalo hoisa lefnei minora. There was a step in front of the minora. Aaron couldn't reach the minora. Was tall. Aaron couldn't reach the candle, so he had to step up until the, on, on the little step in front of the menorah. So therefore, it says, when you'll make the candles go up, you have to go up in order to light the candles. That's what you have to do. Okay? The coin stood on this, on, this, on this step, and he lit the candles. He lit the menorah. So that's what it says, two explanations of Rashi. So the, uh, the shin of a rebel. Rabbi, Rabbi, uh, the, in, in his book, the uh, the Divrei Yecheskel, the Shin of Rebbe in his book, the Divrei Yecheskel, and his commentary in the Torah, Rabbi Haberstam, Rabbi Yecheskel Haberstam, asks Bela's question. He asks Bela's kasha on Rashi. He asks, why does Rashi need to tell me that the Torah is telling me that you need to light the candles until the flame goes up by itself? Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that the way you light a fire is on, on a wick, because when you light the wick, the flame goes up by itself. Right? That's the way it works. That is the, uh, the science. That's the science. That's the, that's the way, as my 7th uh, grade uh, science teacher used to say, 
That's the way the Rebbeinu Shemuel wanted it. Okay, Hashem made the world this way, and and so therefore that, that's the way it works. So so what did the Torah need to give a specific instruction to to light the candle till the flame goes up? Till the flame goes up, it's not necessary. It's absolutely not necessary to give that instruction. It's it's obvious on its own. That's what the um, that's what the that's what the Divya Chesko asks. Simple very simple questions. He has a very interesting, uh, fascinating explanation, which is a uh, lesson, a Hasidic lesson, a Hasidic thought, maybe not so Hasidic lesson in life. And he gives the following answer. First we need to we need a preamble. We need a preamble. We understand um, we understand that the Torah is compared to light. Torah is compared to light. How do we know this? Well, we know this from many places. Here's one example. Right? Torah is compared to light. One example is like this. The Gemara tells us in Balabasra, Tractate uh, Balabasra, page 25b, okay, the Torah gives us the formula for being, uh, for being rich. The Thomas is like this. Rabbi Yitzchak said, a person wants to become wise. What should they do? Person wants to become you. Did you know the answer? Yeah, when you dive in Shmonesra, he says you wouldn't know the answer. Person wants to become wise. Yadrim, they should face the south. They should face the south when they dive in you. Who did say? When a person wants to become wise, they should what? Oh, Ika Yehuda, one is too much. Too much. Just like Baylor now. You're in the Baylor camp here. One minute. One minute. So a person should go. Person should go to this to face the south. Now, Rishi Yashir, if a person wants to become rich, Yatspin, he should face the face the north. The Simonecha, what's your sign? Shulchan on the Menorah Bedorim. What's the sign? The sign is that the, the Talmud tells us in Tractate Menachem page eighty-six B. Talmud says that the if you if you picture the uh, the uh, the uh, the Kodesh, if you picture the Kodesh, the Beis Hamikdash, right? So the Beis Hamikdash, there was the, uh, the 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 Kodesh Hakadoshim, the the Holy of Holies, where the Kohen Gadol performed the, uh, the 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 Yom Kippur service, and right outside of that was the Kodesh. There's a room called the Kodesh. It's not the Kodesh Hakadosh, it's not the Holy of Holies, but it's the Holy, right? It's the Kodesh. In that room, there are many things. There was the Mizbeach Hazav. There was the golden altar in which the incense was brought. There was also the uh, the Shulchan. There was the showbread table for the for the lechem aponim for the showbread, and then there was the menorah, and then there was the the, the candelabra, which the which is the subject of our parsha. So where did the menorah, where did the shulchan stand? Where was the uh, the, uh, the the shulchan? Where was the, the where was the table? But was the, the candelabra different from the menorah? No, it's the same thing. Oh. Sorry, I said the same thing. So the can the, where did the shulchan stand for the for the for the lechem aponim? Where did it stand for the showbread, the table? It stood on the north side, right? It stood on the north side. So if you imagine that this is the west, this is the north, so the shulchan was here, the table was here, right? And the menorah was right opposite it, the, the south of the, of, of, the, of the table, okay? It was on the south, on, on the southern side. We're facing east? This is west, this is east on my map. So the right, but I mean, if you're facing the Holy of Holies, which way are you facing? If you're facing the Holy of Holies, you're, ho- you're facing the west. You're facing the west. So the menorah, the shulchan would be, the table would be on your right, 
and the menorah would be on your left. Right, the menorah would be on your left. So the menorah stood on the on the on the south side, on the left side. If you're facing the right, it's the opposite of the koto. If you're facing the koto, you're facing the west. If you were inside the bais you were facing the the where the iron is. You're you're also facing the west, but from the other side. So. If, if you're the Kotel, if you're stand, if you're facing the Kotel there as well, the Kotel, so that the, then the menorah is on your right, and the Shulchan is on your left, because you're not you're really facing the east when you're facing the Kotel, because it's the other side. If you have if you have the base the base on English is like this, right? So this is the Kodesh, this is the Kodesh this is the Kotel. So this is the west side of the Beis Hamikdash. You're facing east in order to face the Kotel, mm-hmm. right? If you if you stood inside the Beis Hamikdash, you face this way towards the Kotel. Then you faced the 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 right the uh, the Kodesh Hakadoshim. So the the the, the, the shulchan was on the north and the menorah was on the south. That's the way it was. So so therefore, a person who wants to become a rich, right? So they should face the north towards the showbread because the bread is apparently representative of the bread is representative of prosperity and therefore a person is has a segula has a merit to become rich. Right, and they wish they should face this if they want to become wise. They should face the the south because the 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 menorah, the light of the menorah, is representative of the Torah. It's representative of the Torah, and therefore, therefore, you should face the south because then person will tap into the energy of the menorah, which is the Torah, and they'll become wise. So therefore, you see from the Gemara, the Gemara says that um, the Gemara says that. The Gemara says that if one wants to, the, the Gemara says basically, essentially, that the menorah is representative of the Torah. The light of the menorah is representative of the Torah. Person wants to be face the person wants to face the the, the, the south side. They want to face towards the menorah. That's how they're going to become wise because the light of the menorah is representative of the Torah. So here you see an example, right? Now the Gemara gives uh, gives an example. Uh, the, the Gemara argues as well by Tendler's uh, little story about the. About Rabbi here, the Gemara says, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Amar, Laolam Yajim. Person should always face the south. Shemitov shemizchakim misasha, because if they face the south, they become wise. Once they become wise, they become rich. Right? It's not the other way around. Right? They want to become wise, they become rich. That's what the Talmud says. So now the the, the Talmud asks, I, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, said that the Shechina, the divine presence, is on the west. So if the divine presence is on the west, how can one face the south or the north, depending on their predilection or disposition of what they want? Right. So the Talmud says, right. Is for example, the person is is facing the uh, is uh, like us. Right. The person faces towards the south, but they slightly face the north or the. They, I'm sorry. They face towards the east. But they slightly face either the north or the south while they're down in Shmuel That's what the uh, right. That's what the that's what the, that's what the Talmud says. Fine. So and this is also brought by Allah. This is the uh, this is the law. A little bit of a, the, uh, the the uh, the Aruch says this. The Shulchan Aruch says the Mishnah um, Brewer says in Simon Tari Dalit uh, explaining the the words of the Ramah of Rabbi, Rabbi Moshe Yisrael, he says that if a person, in the name of Rashi, if a person stands uh, uh, on the east and they face their face either to the south or to the north, and that's our custom. 
in order that a person, because if, if a person now, let's say you have everybody in shul is davening towards the east, one guy is standing the other way, so it looks like he's parish menatibus as the mission below. So therefore, it's better to face the way everybody faces, but slightly turn either way, slightly turn towards the, the, the with their face, I guess, towards the south or towards the north. That's what the uh, that's what the uh, the Talmud says. Okay, Moshe Chaimi. What's this? What's this? <coughs> no, I mean, I, I've never noticed people in shul facing other anywhere other than uh, straight ahead. Yeah, either have I. It's true. That's a good, that's a good question. I like that question. <laughs> that's a very good question. I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if you face the east. Right. It, yeah. If you face the east, the menorah is towards your right, and the shulchan is towards your left. Right. So that's the way you face. Esther's right, though. There's a lot of people who can't make up their minds. Yeah, you're not going to tell us you who did which. You who did which? Don't. This is a public forum here. You don't tell us which way you face. We don't. That's that's a private matter. I told Bail, I told you who did it. She shouldn't tell us which way she faced. A private matter. Blessed are they who run around in circles because they shall be big wheels. That's good. <laughs> Marvin, you, you have to top that one. You, you got to top that one. You can All right. say it. My, my ex-husband used to say it in Latin. That's not much of a He used to say it in Latin, I hear. Okay, now, we see that the Torah is compared to light because it's, a, it's, a, it's an explicit verse in Mishlei. In chapter 6, Mishlei number 23, it says, Kinir Mitzvah that the mitzvah is in there, it's a candle, the Torah, or, the Torah is light. The Torah is light. So you see again, right, here's example number two. So we gave example number one, that the candelabra was representative of the Torah because that's what person is, is going to become wise when they, when they, when they face the, the, the light of the, of, the, of, the, of the menorah, right? So two, here, that's example number one. Example number two, it says, Mishlai kiner mitzvah the Torah or that the mitzvah is a, is a candle and the Torah is a law, it's a light. Right? And as a matter of fact, that the, 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 uh, the Talmud uses this pasuk in Sota, in, in Sota to make the following analysis. It says, right, we all know we read uh, last week's partial, we know what happens to the, to the Sota, the unfortunate events that happen if she's guilty. Right? Uh, so the, the Talmud tells us in tractate Sota on page 20 that if she is involved in the study of the Torah, somehow, whatever that is, a separate topic for us to discuss. If she's involved in the story uh, 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 of the Torah, so then her uh, her um, her uh, unpleasant demise is postponed for a couple of years because of the rewards of the Torah. Because it says the Talmud that the uh, it says the Talmud that the Torah has the power to protect. Torah, the, 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 the Torah actually protects a person from yisurim, from, uh, from 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 pain and suffering, from uh, imminent death. Uh, Right, it can it can it can prolong a person's life. Therefore, this woman, even though she uh, does uh, does an act that uh, that merits that she should uh, immediately uh, meet her demise, it will be postponed because of the rewards of the because of the Torah. Doesn't sound like she was learning much Right, so that's the the Gemara says in the end. The Gemara says in the end she supports Torah. She sends the children to Torah. She sends the husband to learn Torah. She supports Torah. Supporting Torah, you get the same reward as, as you get the same reward as studying Torah. It's the same thing. And the Talmud says, says that later on page twenty-one. I'm just amazed that there's a whole tractate devoted to Sota. Oh yes, there's a whole tractate devoted to Sota. It's a very uh, interesting. Uh, 
there's, a, <laughs> there's an underlining uh, there's an underlining subject matter in Sota that the Sota is if you if you analyze the Pasha very carefully you see that it's measure for measure what comes around goes around and the underlying theme of Sota is what comes around goes around there's a whole subject matter nothing to do with Sota about people who got what comes around very clearly to them uh, in, in, in tractate Sota Oh yeah, it's a, that's the part of the part of tractate Sota. Yeah, so, so it, it says that because if you take something that you shouldn't have had any business taking, it's going to come. It might come to that, you know, if you marry something that you shouldn't have married. Right, right, right. So that right, there's a, there's also a, a co- there's also a theme of covenant in in Sota. How the Jewish people made a covenant with Hashem. Right, because there's a hot covenant between uh, between uh, um, between the Jewish pe- the, the Jewish people and God. At the end of Sota, there is also a description about how things how things dwindle into depravity, into into uh, uh, homicide and licentious behavior and all this. Sota is a very interesting. Rich Masechet has these themes that are sort of built in into the relationship between a man and a woman, which are representative of general general relationship between uh, people and God and uh, people and themselves. But okay, fine, that's a, a different topic for us to discuss. Orisa, when you say Orisa, isn't that also a Torah? Is Aramaic, Orisa is Torah. No, and isn't it Aleph Vavre? Aleph... Uh, which is Or? Uh, maybe, yeah. And then it says, uh, uh, yeah. Right, right. So, uh, okay, so we got a tag team here. Oh, here we tag team, Bela and Yehuda. Okay, I, 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 this is I, good. You're saying I, good. No, you're saying good. Don't be quiet. Chas Shalom. Chas Shalom, very good. Okay. This is very good. And I'm a good girl, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so it's very nice. Very good, yeah, fine. Okay, yeah. No, I'm sorry, you could say, Bayo, you could say whatever you want, but I'm just going to, sometimes I'm going to stop you when you're too, 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 too far ahead. When you're ahead of me, I'm going to stop you. You could say whatever you want. Yes, yes. Right? Yeah. So it also means light. We're going to get into that. We mentioned it by the log, our log moment discussion. Okay, so now, the uh the 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 Gemara page twenty one says quotes the pasuk in the Torah are, and it, that that the Torah is compared to light, and it quotes a brisa that that explains how the Torah is compared to light, and it says like this. It says the pasuk says when you walk, it will lead you. That means in in this world, in here in the, in in in, in all of us, when you lie down, it will keep you. Zumisa, even when a person dies, Vakitsosa, and when a person wakes up, Isisichecha will be your speech loss at Lava in the future. But, uh, this is the same, in the same chapter, the Torah is described, is that it accompanies us every, everywhere we go. For example, right, uh, for example, here's a, uh, a, a marshal, a, a person who's walking on the road in the darkness, and he's afraid from the thorns and thistles and, and pits and all kinds of things, open trenches, right? And uh, wild animals, and from robbers, and don't know where to go. All of a sudden, they find a. All of a sudden, they find a torch, a fire. They get saved from the uh, from the thorns and thistles, and from from everything, right? And uh, from the from the robbers, they're still afraid. They're still afraid from the robbers, 
they don't know which way to go, right? Comes up the sunshine. This is what this is why Torah is compared to light. Because Torah lights the way. It, it, the Torah it, uh, allows us to avoid. Torah allows us to avoid the pitfalls of life. That's uh, that's why the Torah is compared to life. So here we have a very practical, a very practical example. Very practical example. The Torah lights up uh, lights up life. Why? Because the Torah contains within it instruction about how to uh, how to live one's life, where, where what mistakes one should not make. For example, what uh, you know we we know the nutritional books tell us that we can't have too much. Uh, what is it called? Uh, no, gribbin. What is gribbinus? <laughs> right. can't, have, can't have the to- the nutrition says you can't have too much gribbinus. Gribbinus is chicken. They take the chicken fat, they fry it. It's kind of like pork rind. It's like pork rind. No, it's, you know, they it actually depends on which uh, health book you read. Some uh-huh. health books say you should. Should have fat. No, no, I'm just using fat. it as an example. Yes, there are some that does. I'm using it as an example. So it's a very practical, very practical thing. The Torah tells us instruction. The Torah tells us instruction not only to us, but it teaches the whole world instruction. It tells us what's right, what's wrong. Should love, one should love their neighbor as themselves. What? What? Okay, that that is what the Torah. That's what is, the Torah is all about. The Torah is an instruction manual that helps us to go along. It literally lights up the way. That's why it's compared to light because it literally lights up the way. So, what? Most definitely, it literally lights up the way. That's why it's compared to light. This is the this is the uh, the the natural comparison to uh, to light. That's why the candelabra, the light of the menorah, represents Torah. Okay, that is the that is the um, that is the um, the logical perspective from uh, I guess normative perspective. However, uh, that is one of the perspectives that Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lutado tells us the Torah is about in uh, in the Derech Hashem, the Way of God, section four, chapter number two. However, he says there's another perspective. The other perspective is is that there is a segula, that there is a, a spiritual that there is a spiritual element to the Torah that 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 uh, has a spiritual effect on any time anybody anybody studies Torah. Right? There are many different ways. It has a, it has a spiritual effect, and this um, this has nothing to do with practical. This has nothing to do with practical instruction. This has to do of how we are affected as human beings, how we are affected as as as, as Jews by the study of the Torah. And this is also something which we intuitively understand and know. When we walk in into a a base of medrash, we walk into a shul. We see people learning Torah. All of a sudden, we are literally slapped in the face, hit in the face by the kedusha, by the holiness that's going on. Right? We see, we understand that there's something special. So even if we don't see that, when we see that our children are learning the Torah when they first become bar mitzvah, for example, when we see our children studying to go to yeshiva, whatever it may be, when they come home from school and tell us about Torah on Erev Shat on, 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 on Friday night, right? We see, we see the kedusha emanate from the words of Torah that are exchanged in these mediums. We see that in ourselves. We see that when we become engrossed and, 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 and study Torah, we feel uh, like, a, like a different people. We see that we are imbued 
with a sense of purpose, a sense of accomplishment, a sense of satisfaction, right? We don't just, it's not just something that we do, like, uh, we don't feel the same way when we go to a ball game or fix our car or uh, make a chicken souffle, right, uh, or some grivenness. It does not the same feeling when we're involved in the study of the Torah and we, when we see it in action. So there's two practical issues. There's the practical issues is that the Torah tells us when to light the candles, when to shake the lulav, when to put on the tefillin, what's kosher, what's not kosher. But the Torah also affects us and the community around us as human beings. From that perspective, the Torah is considered to be a life. And the, the uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lutzato expounds on this idea in his book, um, the Derek Eitz Chaim, which I was under the impression that was printed in this book, but it's not. Uh, expounds on this idea in his book, the Derek Eitz Chaim, and there he explains, okay, there explains in the first chapter that, that the Torah, the Torah is, 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 is a real, it's not only an analogous fire light, but it's a real light. It's a real fire. He says, right, he says that, that the words of the Torah are like coals. You know, the same way that you, that you when you stoke the coals and you, 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 uh, you blow on them, they, uh, they light up and they, uh, what? And they spark. So to the Torah. The more one delves into the study of the Torah, the more one delves into the spirituality that's contained in the Torah, the more fire that is created. It's, it's, that's what the Mishnah says in Pirkei Avos. The Mishnah says, Hafoch ba b'hafoch ba. You should turn it around and turn it around, the cooler ba, because everything is contained within it. That's, a, that's, that's, a, that's what he says. So he says like this, our nishama, our souls, are prone to the influence of the fire of the Torah. Our nishama, when our nishama gets exposed to the Torah, the Torah actually lights up our nishama. Torah lights up our nishama until it, it, it burns with the fire of the spirituality of the Torah. That's on the, on the siguli, on the spiritual part of the Torah. Not only just is an instruction manual, but there's a, there's a spiritual effect which he is describing in, in a real way, that, that there is a, there's a fire that lights up inside us. I mean, wasn't Torah also compared to water? Yes, Torah is, is compared to water too. The Torah has many different comparisons, but he says that the Torah, right? We're only speaking about the fire part of it. We're only speaking about the fire part of it. It's true. Yeah, we, right? From the fire perspective, this is what happens. The, 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 the Torah actually lights up, our, lights up in the Shamas. And it's an esoteric concept like I began, but it's something that we all intuit. It's something that we all, it's something that we all know, we all understand. Right? Um, it's something that we all see and we experience. Okay, the Yitzhahari gets in the way a little bit. You know, uh, sometimes we don't have so much time. Sometimes it's hard to, uh, to, 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 uh, to get ourselves involved. But when we're there, when we're there, we, 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 the magic is there. We see the magic. We know that it's there. We know that it's special. And we feel special when we, when we encounter it. We feel different. We feel like we're the chosen people. That is what Hashem told us right before He gave the Torah in Parashat Yisrael. It's also like Right, the more thirsty, the, the more thirsty, the more, right. Right. The more you're exposed to the Torah, the more you want it. Uh, the Orachim HaKadosh says at the beginning of Parashat Kisavo, the Orachim HaKadosh says at the beginning of Parashat Kisavo that if people understood the beauty of the Torah, they would drop everything they have and they would run after it. Let's see, leave the whole world, all their money, they would give it all away in order to, uh, in order, in order to have more and more Torah. 
Fine, that's the practicality of it. That's what the Arachim HaKodesh says. We're getting to it. We're, getting, we're having a, 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 lo- a long preamble here in order to, in order to get to the point. Okay. Right after this scene. Okay. So, so the Torah is considered to be a, is compared to a fire and a light both on a practical level and on a spiritual level. That's what the Torah is about. That's that's our point. We see that from the Menorah. We see that from the Pasuk in Mishlei. We see that from the Gemara in Sota, right? And we understand this intuitively. And therefore, the Torah is compared to be a light. Okay. Um, fine. So, given this, now that we understand that the Torah is compared to be a light, we can understand that our Pasha, when it says, when our Pasha is talking about, uh, our Pasha is talking about lighting the candles, could be. Is reference is somehow hinting to some perspective on how we should approach the Torah, because the the menorah is representative of the Torah, right? So the question that we can ask is like this: It says in the book of Yeshua, Lo Yomu Torah chapter one, verse number eight. This book of the Torah should never leave your mouth. You should always study it. Asks the Shin of a Rebbe, that's impossible. First of all, because we learned in the second Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, the Mishnah says, Chapter 2, Mishnah 2, the Mishnah says that, that, that the Torah is good when it's coupled with uh, mundane work. When a person works and studies the Torah together, that's when the person can be the most productive, number one. Number two is, how could a person always study Torah? There are things that we have to do. We have to take a shower, we have to make some ribboness. Right, we have to get dressed. We have to take care of. We have to TCB. We have to take care of business. Right, there are things that you, as human beings, we need to do. The laundry. We need to pay our taxes. We need to vote. Right. However, how unpleasant that such a task may be. Right, we need to do these things, and therefore, it's impossible to be constantly involved in the study of Torah. So how could it be that the Pasuk in Yeshua says that a person should always be involved in the study of Torah? It's impossible. Right? So says, right, now of course the answer is of course going to be that it's not impossible. Right? But we have to dramatize the... Fine. So says the... Uh, says the... Uh, says the Shin of a Rebbe. Says the Shin of a Rebbe that the Torah is compared to light. Right? The Torah is <coughs> the Torah is compared to light. Now, we could say the following explanation: There are times there's very, it's a very simple math- mathematical equation. There are times when we study Torah, and there are times that we don't. So the times that we study Torah, we're studying Torah. At the time that we're not studying Torah, we can't study Torah. Says the Shin of Reb, it's not true. Says the Shin Rebbe, it's not true. Even the time we don't study Torah, we could be studying Torah. Says the Shin Rebbe, why? Because the Torah is not just like mathematics. It's not like one of the wisdoms uh, uh, of the world that one goes in and studies them in college. Torah is a way of life. It's an analysis of everything. The Torah tells us how to get up in the morning, how to tie our shoes, how to go to the bathroom. The Torah tells us everything. Uh, things that we can't say in the you know uh, publicly in a class. The Torah. The Torah uh, covers every subject matter of life. It's, it's, it's a way to live. It's not only an intellectual pursuit, but it's also a way to, life, to live. 
So there's two ways to live. There's a way to live with the Torah, and there's a way to live without the Torah. The way to live with the Torah is, is that we allow the Torah to govern every aspect of our life. Whatever we do is, what does the Torah say? We, well, we're born according to the Torah. We died according to the Torah, right? When do we, uh, what do we do with the, with, with, when the baby is born? We give her brismila. What do we do when a person is, is nifter? We, uh, we, we do a, right, so if it's a boy, we do a tahara. Right? We do a tahara, or whatever it may be, right? How do we eat? We eat uh, kosher, not not kosher, right? So we, every single, we, 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 a person can live according to the Torah, even when they're not studying Torah. Even when you walk into a supermarket and you go shopping, so you go start looking uh, for, you know, the crackers. So you look at the crackers, you want to buy crackers. You want to buy plain crackers. So the plain crackers, you look for the crackers with the OU, right? Not the crackers without the OU, right? You look for kosher meat in, 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 in uh, wherever it is that one wants to buy kosher meat, if that's not a political statement, right? So you buy kosher meat. You buy, you don't buy non-kosher meat. There's, how do you, why do you why buy kosher meat, not kosher meat? Because the Torah is governing how we live. Right, we wake up in the morning, whatever it is, we put on tzitzis because the Torah tells us to put on tzitzis. We go to we go to davening. Everything that we do is governed by the Torah. Says the Shin of a Rebbe, right? Says the Shin of a Rebbe. So therefore, a person, what, what the pasuk means that the Torah should never leave us ever. It doesn't mean that we should always be involved in its study. But what it means is, is that even when we're not involved in its study, we should be involved in its prescriptions, in its laws, in its directives, and its instruction, right? That we should be, the Torah should never leave us in every moment of our life, no matter what we're doing. That's what it means that the Sefer Torah should be with us all the time. means it should always be in our mouths, we should always be, what does the Torah say about this? That's what it, that's what it means. That, 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 that's, that, that's how you reconcile the fact that you can't study the Torah all the time. So if that's true, now we can answer our original question that Bela asked. So let's start from the beginning because we've been talking for a very long time. So the, the Torah says like this, that you should light the Vamate Lapseta Aaron Bahalosha Esaneros. When you will make the candles go, when you will light the candles, you will make them go up. Says Rashi, you should light the flame until the flame goes up by itself. Frecht Bela, I understand that, I know. Of course, when I light a candle, it lights by itself and the flame goes up on the wick. I know that, so you have to tell me that. So says the Shinnah Rebbe, no, the, 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 the Torah is talking about, the Rashi is talking about how we should live our lives. How we should live our lives. We should light up the nishamas, of, our nishamas with the light of the Torah, with the flame of the Torah, until the flame goes up by itself. Meaning that even when we're not studying the Torah, when we are shopping in Safeway, the flame of the Torah is there to conduct and, 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 and instruct us right, that of, of, of how to be according to the Torah. That's what it means the flame should go by itself. That the flame should, the study of the Torah should not leave when we leave the study hall or finish reading a book or leave a class. But it should continue to burn. Uh, it should continue to light up our souls that, 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 that influences every aspect of our lives. Right? It's a beautiful book from the Rebbe. It's very nice. From the edition of the Rebbe. That's what he says. That's what it means that he should light it until the flame goes up by itself. Because otherwise it doesn't make sense. That's what the... Um, the Divya Cheskel says. When it says S, it, they say that there's no extra S's. You know, uh, there's no extra anything. 
So is it possible that Bahalot Ha'es could mean like when you are elevated with the candles or, or, or something like that? It could be. So that when you light light the candles, you should also be elevating yourself with it. This could be very very good. You're saying good. You're saying good. I don't know. I don't know. If I may, I'd like to add this. Yes? Especially after what you said. All the things you said, buying kosher, shining toast, all of them could be uh, done without, uh, without any light at all. It's very possible to do it that way. You could buy kosher meat. Let's say you're buying food just to show off. You're doing it for a wrong purpose. You're not doing it for the sake of heaven. Well, why? Well, then why would you buy kosher meat? Because uh, you want to impress all your. Uh, you're not going to saying you do it by rote. That's the way you're brought up, you're maybe. Not, you're not. You're not. Yeah, that's another thing. But I was actually thinking about you just do it to impress a bunch of people you want to bring over. You're not really doing it for the sake of heaven. That you want to keep kosher. Just want to show off. Let's say. Well, the same with Torah. You could study Torah just because you want to have the knowledge to be able to beat somebody up, you know, with your words. You don't really want to do it to gain knowledge and help other people with your knowledge. So you're not doing it for the right purpose. It has to be done with the right purpose. Otherwise, it's not the A hundred percent, right? This is where this is some very good. Menachem, good point. Living and existing. That's right. Yeah, I mean, right. one way you're existing, and the other way your mom is living. Right, that's good. That's very good. It's actually yeah. true. The the um, the Sichas Musar says this about about Yaakov. When Yaakov was asked by Paro, he asked him uh, he asked him uh, how long did you live. So he gives a whole explanation. He says I lived for 130 years, but he says I exist. I I existed and I lived. He uses the word life. So he says that there is there is existing and living, just like Bobby is saying. Okay, fine, very good. Rebezu, you want to add something? All right. What? Now comes a very interesting point. Listen to this. The uh, the to- this parsha, parsha's baloscha, follows parsha's nasa. What's at the end of parsha's nasa? The gifts of the nesiim in the inauguration of the of the tabernacle. Asks Rashi, what's the lighting of the menorah juxtaposed to the giving of the presence of the nesiim? This Rashi asks this in the name of the medrash. Says Rashi. That uh, that Aaron, when he saw the Nisim give all the gifts towards the country, the contributions towards the the, the tabernacle, he felt bad. He also wanted to give a gift. So Hashem said to him, Hashem said to him, "Don't worry, you light the menorah, that, right? You light the menorah. That be your gift." So so that's the uh, that's the juxtaposition. The Torah wants to tell us that right away after the Nisim gave their contribution, Hashem instructed Aaron to light the menorah so he shouldn't feel bad. Asks the Ramban, how could Aaron feel bad? Why do he feel bad? First of all, first of all, Aaron has all these sacrifices that he offers in the temple. The special sacrifice of the Kohen Gadol, the sacrifices that he brought in the inauguration of the of the. He participated in the inauguration of the of the of the tabernacle. Where he participated also. Why should he feel bad? What? Was that from his own possessions that he gave? Huh? Did he give from his own possessions? Uh-huh. He, no, he, he didn't give from his own. He didn't give his, but, oh, so but this was his contribution. This was his contribution. He also contributed. What are you going to say? It's his own contribution. If you're going to say that it was it was the the uh, the uh, Nesim's contribution, well, Aaron didn't contribute with the, with the candles else in from himself. That was all a command from Shem and from 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 public funds. So how did that help the consolation? Why was the where, where was the consolation for Aaron? You hear this? Yeah, you hear. So now, 
says the uh, says the Ramban, he holds that this in this in this week's parsha is the hint to Hanukkah. Aaron wasn't consoled with the lighting of the menorah of the Beis Hamikdash. Aaron was consoled with the lighting of the menorah of Neiros Hanukkah. Hashem said the Nesim. Are, are, the Nesim are offering their contributions now, right? And, and when the temple uh, is, is, is gone and no longer stands, right, your children, the Hashmanayim, are going to light the menorah in the Beis Amidus that the Jewish people will light forever. Right? They will light that forever. This, he was telling the consolation wasn't with the inauguration, the, with, with the lighting of the, with the lighting of the, of, of the candles of the candelabra in the in in, in the Beis Hamidosh. but the consolation was lighting of the candles, and 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 the rededication of the Neiros Hanukkah. How did he get that? Because that's what it has to be. You know, he has a medrash also to prove his point, but that's what it has to be because it doesn't make sense. This is not a consolation for Aaron for him to light the candelabra because it's like from your like your question was he already he already contributed anyway. Okay. This is what, uh, so we see from here, we see from this Ramban an interesting point. That in the menorah here, in the lighting of the menorah, where we're talking about, according to the Shin of Rebbe, uh, 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 that uh, Torah should be, the, uh, should be the guiding light, uh, no pun intended, or maybe a pun intended, should be the guiding light of our lives, right? Here in these Tzokim is hinted the Neiris of Hanukkah. The Neiris of Hanukkah, that's really hinted the Neiris of Hanukkah here. So that, that's very, very, uh, a very interesting point that the nearest of Hanukkah are hinted. Now, if you if you remember what we said in the Lag Baomer class, you'll find this connection to be very fascinating because the Minig Yisrael Torah, in his discussion as to why we light bonfires on Lag Baomer, says in the name of the Bnei Yisoscha, he says that because on Lag Baomer. Right, just the, 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 that's what he also explains why we use the, the bow, but that's for, for, for different, that was for that discussion. Well, we also use the what? The bow? The bow and arrow. Oh, bow. The bow and arrow. Right. He says that the, uh, that the light of, um, where is the Vizabinian Saskar? He says that Lag Baomer, Lag Baomer is Tov Yamim, is, is Tov Yamim, before the same gematria, the same amount number of days as the word tov before um, before the giving of the Torah. Before the giving of the Torah, before the holiday of Shavuos. Says the uh, says the Bnei Yisachar, that right, we, we know that every single holiday is not a commemoration of a past event, but it's a reliving of the event that happened. So what happened on the holiday of Shavuos? What happened on the holiday of Shavuos was the giving of the Torah. So therefore, the spiritual divine influence that comes, the relationship between us and, 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 and Hashem, on is the relationship through the Torah. We feel that spiritually if we're finely in tune to it. And on Shavuos, it's pretty easy to feel, especially when you get to 3 o'clock in the morning, you can feel it really well. Right? <laughs> so, so, on Shavuos, so when does this, this divine influence of the, of, the, of the Torah that comes from the Shemayim begins on Lag Ba'omer? Right? And where is its fruition? Where does the light of the Torah come to its, uh, come to its um, actualization of full potential? Take a guess. 
on not a choice on Hanukkah on Hanukkah is when it comes to its full potential on Hanukkah is when it comes to its full potential that's what the Bnei Yisachar says right that the uh, this light became, came to its full potential on Hanukkah that is hinted in the light of the Torah the light that is, that, that, that is hidden from, from the light in which happened the, the miracle in other words the light of the Torah is what caused the miracle to happen on, on, on Hanukkah so I just find it very interesting that it's not a coincidence that in this pasuk of Baloscha Esaneros, when it tells us how to light the candelabra in the Beis Hamidosh according to the Shin of a Rebbe, it's hinted to the fact that uh, it's hinted to the fact of how one should conduct themselves, conduct their, their life according to the light of the Torah. In those very words is hidden the the uh, the 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 the, the, uh, the mitzvah of the Hanukkah menorah, which the Bnei Yisroel says is directly connected and is a product of the light of the Torah itself. Uh, amazing! It's an amazing thing, right? That's what uh, that's what I noticed, and I think maybe we've said this before. We'll just we'll, we'll conclude. Um, maybe we have a little bit more time. So fine. We, we said this before. We say in the uh, in the Hanukkah when we when we and we say Lashkicham Torah Secha Laavir Mechukei Vitzenecha that the that the uh, the Greeks intent was to 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 make us forget Lashkicham Torah Secha to make them forget the Torah Laavir Mechukei Vitzenecha and make them um, turn away from 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 the from Torah law from being religious right first to make them forget the Torah then. Make them make them irreligious. So asks the uh, Rabbi Akiva Sofer in his book, the Das Sofer, in uh, I think it's Parshas Miket, in his commentary section on Hanukkah. He asks there, right, what 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 is the connection between Lashkicham Torosecha to make them forget, to make them forget the uh, uh, the, 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 the the Torah of Avinu and to to make them transgress the laws of the Torah. What's the connection between the two? So he says, very simple. He says that, that the, uh, without Torah, can't be really, can't, a person cannot be a religious. Without Torah, it's impossible to be religious. Without Torah, there's no uh, um, spirituality. And without Torah, there's no instruction. And the Greeks understood that if they would make the Jewish people stop keeping the Torah, so then they'll martyr themselves. They'll, they'll, they'll risk their lives, they'll, they'll give up their lives in order to keep the Torah. However, if they put in a plan of action to make them forget the Torah, take away their spirituality, eventually then they'll stop keeping, then they'll stop keeping the mitzvahs of the Torah. And therefore, it, it, we say that what was the Greek intent? To make them forget the Torah and then it will come. The consequence of that will be is that they, they won't keep the Torah. However, what was the success of the holiday says, the Das the, 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 the What was the success of Hanukkah? The success of Hanukkah was is that they didn't, they didn't, uh, that they didn't stop learning Torah. That they, that they overcame, they, they, they beat out the Greeks. Right? So, so he says, he finishes his, his piece by saying that the light of the Torah shines shined bright light of the Torah shined bright right so therefore that, that was representative in the menorah okay 
Come so to think of it, nobody, it never occurs to me to say what was so important, Tata, that they had to find oil to light the menorah. And so this is the reason, because the menorah is directly related to, to Torah. I mean... Well, in a Kabbalistic sense, but in a practical sense, because they have to light the menorah. But I yeah. know, but I mean... The, li- the lighting of the menorah... That happened, after all that happened, you could say, let's just take our, our gemaras and learn. Right. But no, they, they, they knew that they needed to light the menorah. I was starting the right. uh, temple service again. Starting the temple service. They were saying it in a drush. Yeah, yeah. saying it in a gallon. So I mean, now... You, you, they would have been forgiven if they said, you know, we can't do this right now. Let's let's start where we can start. But somehow they knew that, that the menorah was a prerequisite almost to everything else. So we conclude with this. We conclude with the following statement. We all have situations in our lives. We're members of community. We're members of family. And we're members of... Uh, Relationship in, in relationships, and and the the uh, we all have a spark uh, within ourselves. Like we mentioned on Shavuos night, we have a spark within ourselves of of, of godliness of Hashem. That's what it means in the pasuk. Also, we make the The Torah says in Parshas that Hashem places the divine presence in each and every one of us, and we all want to become more spiritual, and we all want to become uh, become closer to Hashem. And we want our children to be closer, and our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren to continue on uh, the tradition and all that we hold to be important. So therefore, it is incumbent upon ourselves to make a conscious effort to make it happen. And the way to make it happen is, is got to be through the Torah. There's got to be, we either have to either support, facilitate, or make a conscious effort to, 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 study, to study. I have a friend, I have a friend who, uh, who told me that he used to sleep every... Uh, Every Shabbos afternoon he sleeps. So it's not an uncommon practice. Every Shabbos afternoon he go to sleep. And he noticed that his children, he's been noticed that his children. So what do they do? So they played uh, play ball. He hung out on the on, on the street on Shabbos afternoon. So he said that he forced himself. He made a conscious effort, even though he didn't want to do it, even though it was difficult for him. He went, and even though he didn't like the rabbi Shia, right in the shul, but he forced himself. He got out of bed. And he went to shul when the children asked him, where are you going? He said, I'm going to learn Torah. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to learn Torah. And he told me, he said that the children learned that, that on Shabbos afternoon, one goes to learn Torah. They have to make a conscious effort. We know that when the Torah is studied, when it's supported, it makes a tremendous influence. It influences on the practical level, on the spiritual level. And, 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 uh, and that is the way to go. And because it is a light in everything that we have discussed. And if we make that conscious effort, then all the brachas of the Torah will be fulfilled and everything that we long for will be a part of our lives. Amen. Amen.